Welcome to Thug Crowd Radio. Please listen to this important disclaimer in its entirety. All participants of this Thug Crowd Radio episode are characters. None of the stories told during these episodes are based on facts, truth, or reality. All works of fiction displayed during this episode that resemble real-life situations are coincidental and are not meant to serve as guides or tutorials to commit any crimes in any country. Please consult an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal. here <laughs> what's well, good everybody welcome back welcome back it's your favorite neighborhood thug it's thug crowd time so i'm trying to get i have a fan here and it's very tiny but it's very powerful and it's a lot of noise i'm gonna blame or move it away from me over here but I'm rocking it so how's everyone doing mm, well how are you yeah can't complain it's been a busy uh busy week <laughs> Very busy week. Oh, hold on. Let's uh, get to the actual. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, anybody who notices that uh, that people are coming in and asking why we're not playing Fortnite, um, just tell them that we are. Yeah. Fortnite. We're actually talking about Fortnite. This that's the theme of today's show. Is uh, <laughs> it's about capturing the flag. It's about capturing the flag and losing track of reality. Yeah, um, and if uh, yeah, and people who play Fortnite who are capturing the flag or battle royaling often lose track of reality. So it all relatable content. Very very relatable. Real gamer hours. <laughs> um, yeah. Your dopamine receptors. What about them? Oh, they're getting burnt out from all this Fortnite. Oh, so sick. Can't handle it. <laughs> they're dope. Dope. Oh. Um, so anyone do anything cool this weekend? Any big, uh, any big things? Uh, did a lot of safari, safari, uh, zoning. <laughs> we had quite an adventure this, uh, this weekend. You guys can see that in our show notes. There's a lot of, um, not a lot of different things, a lot of new, new threats, old threats. Um, sites that have been hacked for like 10 plus years. A um, couple of really cool orcs. Shout out to Hermit. I think she might be joining the Zoom. Um, soon. I don't know when. Uh, um, and everybody who hangs out. Because, yeah, we've, if you guys don't know, um, our, our section called Safari Zone in our, uh, in our show notes is just weird stuff that we find online. It started out, I guess, with like Shodan Safari, but it's kind of just evolved into something way crazier now, um, <laughs> because we kind of have um, a few different different uh, channels where we share very strange links to weird stuff that can't be easily explained, or stuff that is just hilarious and needs to be shared. Um, yeah, and sometimes the things in there as well, like if you share the link, you look at it and be like, "What the hell is this?" And like, unless you sort of know what it is like trying to explain it to somebody else you just feel like no, don't worry about it yeah it's our little cyber aquarium yes exactly little terrarium of uh fun stuff but yeah speaking of that though we, we definitely have some stuff that we're going to be um rolling out and disclosing soon there's quite a few bugs that we have found um recently and it'll be fun to share them with y'all so we'll let you know when that happens um shout out to uh snowze right now who uh snowze in the chat for the big cheer yeah thank you for, the, uh, for uh, doing all the clearing and, and rewards and things that's awesome just gave dollar vpn club an emote 
<laughs> yeah, so um, let's do some announcements real quick. Um, so tonight we're talking about, um, basically we're just going to be discussing CTFs and what, like, we had a lot of debates. There's a lot of debates over whether or not CTFs or even things like the OSCP and Hack the Box um, are, you know, actually valuable things for people who are, you know, want to be pen testers or want to be exploit devs or whatever. Um, and we have done quite a few CTFs, um, participated in them and created them, and we, you know, enjoyed them generally. Um, but it's definitely a, a worthy debate to discuss uh, with y'all whether or not, you know, what you, what you like or what you don't like about CTFs, how it actually applies to anything that you do in your in your daily life or your career, um, and just sort of just talk to everybody about that because. A lot of us in here have done some pretty cool stuff with CTS before. Um, have won them and created some really interesting ones. And so we definitely want to get some feedback and also talk about how they can actually apply to anything that's real. Because a lot of the times they're just uh, <laughs> someone said computer escape rooms um, with no basis in actual reality. Um, so it's definitely interesting stuff. <laughs> computer, computer riddles. That they're on yes, computer riddles. Um, so speaking of CTS though, Thudcrow's uh, extra life charity stream. Planning, planning is underway. Um, so we have a page um, for donations. We already raised, I think, like four hundred and fifty dollars. And I think what's the goal? Is it five thousand or ten thousand? Yeah, ten thousand. Um, so last year we raised over three thousand dollars for charity um, by doing CTFs live streamed, um, which is really really fun. And we also had a Twitch to shell to root a box. This year we are going to be doing something a bit more grand. Um, it is an IoT CTF where teams will uh, get to basically just hack a bunch of uh, vulnerable devices that have been emulated and, and reconfigured in some way that represents the real world way of actually targeting and exploiting um, devices for everything from you know, botnets to um, different sort of weird routing stuff. There's tons of different things people use IoT devices for. Um, in the real world, yeah. and so we kind of want to emulate that as much as possible, and have our teams be basically uh, groups that are going to be fighting against each other in like a death match to control the most nodes by the end of the uh, by the end of the time. So everything's kind I of. Mean, and then let's just think 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 about this as like a participant, right? You you run a network, and every device is ridiculously vulnerable, but if you end map half of them, will crash. So yep, and but, so uh, they'll also recover. Yeah, and some of them also trip off IDSs that will block you from um, talking to them um, at all. Um, there's tons, there's gonna be tons of different tricks. We have a lot of people that are now working on all the different aspects of it. We have uh, different teams that we divided people into. And so we have a Twitter, at um, IOTCTF. Uh, if you add them and DM the IOTCTF uh, Twitter, you'll be able to talk to somebody to um, sign up and get into our chats, or if you want to either participate or donate or sponsor something if you're a vendor that wants to get involved uh, we'd love to have you and talk to you i'm going to call people that are interested already in in helping to fund and um provide infrastructure for us so shout out to everybody who's doing that already um we have teams for building infrastructure uh teams for building the actual applications um and nodes that are going to be um targeted as well as people who are developing the, the various exploits and bot agents that we're going to be um using for the, the ctf so we love to have all of you, um, and we're just trying to ramp it up together, get everybody um, on the same page, and have a meeting soon to discuss um, what the next steps are. Um, so yeah, it'll be awesome, and great um, everybody. It's going to be in the first Saturday in November, so mark that on your calendars. It's a 24-hour marathon of just hacking every single stupid device in the world, and it's going to be dope. And I'm dropping all the relevant links in the Twitch chat right now if anyone wants to check that out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hella booters. <laughs> Hella booters. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, please don't DDoS the, uh, anything inside of the CTF network, though. Um, I think that, that'll be the only thing that you can't do. Yeah, the only thing, yeah, like while you can control the, the bots and, and whatever that, that you'll find inside, it's a closed network for uh, anyone who's listening thinking you guys are making a horrible mistake. Um, there is a, it, it is a closed network and, and you won't be able to use any of this to DDoS anything on the internet. But um, if you do do it within the network, I guess you're gonna uh, forfeit anything you've done previously. So, 
Yeah, we'll be able to tell pretty quickly who is doing that if they do. You definitely want to see this though from an attacker perspective and from a defender perspective. We want to see how people are quickly able to win given a exploit, um, weaponize the exploit, put it into actual malware and use it in the real in a real world scenario. Um, because this kind of stuff is, is interesting to us. Um, we have our own ideas about it, but it's very rare that you get the opportunity to do something like this um, without going to jail. <laughs> so we want to provide that for people who are actually interested. And we will have information um, in the coming months about if you want to actually participate. We'll have teams. We'll have some qualifier of some sort um, to come in. We want to have some really awesome researchers and, and red teamers as well as exploit developers come in and, and try to test stuff out. So we're super excited and uh, yeah, we're gonna try to ramp it up as much as possible now. So yeah, and if you are also somebody who's really into, like if you have a bunch of firmware images, um, definitely hit us up because those things are sometimes hard to come by, so. Yeah, Alrighty. the more images, the better. Yes. The more images, the more variety of, uh, of stuff you'll get to play with, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Um, we're already working on some um, virtualization and emulation pipelines that we're going to be building, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you are somebody who also really loves um, like pipelines, DevOps kind of stuff, and you're a master at that, and you love virtualization and want to do some real weird stuff with it, uh, definitely hit us up. Um, yeah, but anybody have anything else before we uh, get into the news? I think we're uh, it's news time. Oh yeah. Alrighty. Um, okay, so I get started. So the first story that we have on here is really scary. I mean, it's just something that we've seen before in different um, targeting of different uh, devices. But the FDA is now warning of potentially fatal flaws in Medtronic insulin pumps. So the FDA has basically figured out or, or has been disclosed of uh, ways in which you can remotely connect where wirelessly connect to um, insulin pumps that people use and modify settings on them, um, which is, could potentially be fatal. I mean, any, any modifications you do with an insulin regimen is going to be fatal in some way. Um, and so there are about 4,000, I think, that have been identified in people right now. Yeah. Um, this is similar to there's a peacemaker that had a similar vulnerability like that as well. Um, so these. These insulin pumps from as far like the ones that I've seen, I don't know about these specific models, but the ones that I've seen are basically like sort of stuck to someone's like uh, hip roughly. And um, they're basically Bluetooth devices. Um, uh, the ones that I've seen previously, I believe were, were like read only, like the doctor checks the, the stats and stuff, um, but it wasn't controlled to deliver the insulin directly over wireless. But as we know with like a lot of stuff um just because like once you can connect to it if there's any number of flaws in the in the stack along the way um there's potential for you to break out and do something unintended right um, yeah so it's it, it's interesting whether or not the the company has decided to you know be like oh no we'll, we'll allow like all the settings to be tweaked by a doctor remotely or like they've gone oh maybe this is like you know, these previously one these previous ones that were rolled out and thought to be like read only or like mad ride like ride execute type deals but yeah it's one of those things where uh things are like expensive too so like there's not a lot of research that gets done on a lot of these things yeah like it, it does say that um it does, the attackers with adjacent access can read sensitive data which is like pretty much uh yeah. What you'd expect that the doctor does, checks out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's 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 just scary to think that there's things that can be directly inside your body that can't change that somebody who wants to hurt you can use to hurt you. Yeah. So the the CWE that was assigned to the CVE was an access validation error. So I'm guessing like that's just the straight up like some sort of. Uh, auth bypass or auth escalation that you know has uh, sorry privilege escalation that hasn't been uh handled correctly yeah, the, yeah inject replay modify intercept data pretty standard kind of like generic 
Yeah, it's uh, it's scary stuff. I mean, like, let's say it doesn't kill somebody, um, and you know that it, you mess with their insulin, like maybe they'll go blind. Maybe they'll lose a leg. Like, yeah, yeah. You can seriously hurt somebody from doing this. Yeah, it's legitimately dangerous. I'm glad it's not with these models, but like, imagine just having insulin pumps on Shodan. I'm sure there is bound to be a few, but at least not this model. That's a scary thought. I mean, think about yeah. how many routers just randomly pour forward shit all the time. <laughs> just like yeah. sitting, here and, uh, sitting on your home Wi-Fi watching, watching Crunchyroll and insulin pump is just uh, going crazy. Definitely a thing. Um, be just because saying? you can put Bluetooth in something doesn't mean you should. <laughs> What would you do though? Like if you realized your insulin pump was just like going crazy, you take it. I don't know. Have a fucking die. Yeah, I know, right? Like you just straight away, like holy shit, something's weird with my insulin pump. Like if you notice in time, and then uh, I guess most people who require one probably know how to. Uh, That's I mean, a good I'm, I'm going to guess they, they they know how much insulin they need to. Uh, maintain their daily, you know, safe. Yeah. And luckily, this is one of those things, unlike a pacemaker, where there is a manual alternative. Uh, yeah. That is true. Um, hold on a second. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, definitely it's scary. And I think that, like, people need to research this kind of stuff more. So if you know or have access to any medical devices like this, or know of a way to get access to them, I would definitely do it um, and try to just play around and see what you can find. Um, you know, try to suggest mitigations to people because a lot of it is just silly. You can just really like, just basic stuff that you can teach people and um, ensure that this kind of stuff is safe in the future. Yeah, and because yeah, a lot of this stuff is hard to get your hands on if you don't have the, you know, whatever medical uh, ailment you re like that requires that device. Um, because, I mean, obviously, they're not in the business of just handing out pacemakers and insulin pumps to everyone. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've heard of a few people who have had their uh, hard time getting their hands on, like, medical devices um, for different things uh, yeah. to test them. Yeah, and like uh, Parody says in the uh, in the chat that uh, IBM were breaking insulin pumps ten years ago, which is not surprising at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yo, let's get into this other story here. Um, so we were just talking about this before we came on. Um, this is also getting pretty scary too. So this is uh, this is somebody who is very involved in the. Uh, key servers for um, OpenPGP and different implementations of PGP stuff. And they describe almost like in a very frustrated way, um, there's an a open, there's an attack that is currently happening on the key server network. And so people here aren't familiar with key servers and PGP keys. Basically they're used to sign um, various things, right, online. And so a lot of the times developers use them for um, package integrity and for signing important documents and, you know, putting their digital signature on things. And the implementation of how this works is basically if you, you can invalidate old keys by sending messages to say, hey, I'm a new key. Similar, almost in a way, it reminds me of BGP stuff where you can just make announcements and just that's it. Um, but you can basically send, um, you know, key signing signatures or, uh, to invalidate and update your keys, basically. And people have been spamming key servers um, that are trusted by a lot of other key servers to um, invalidate other keys and basically hijack somebody else's key. And so the this is like... I didn't realize this was happening at all, but there's people that have been poisoning like pretty well-known keys that are um, distributed right now. What are you gonna say? Yeah, so the specific people that uh, are mentioned in this that are being poisoned are part of the actual PGP project. Um, mm -hmm. So part of uh, OpenPGP. 
Uh, so they're the people that uh, obviously have noticed it happening on the network because they're very involved with it. But where it's not happening, it would be, you know, where it's not being noticed is, is probably also interesting. It's also not a new bug. It's just something that has been ramped up recently since uh, PGP and GPG are quite old. Um, but the, the key servers are basically used to distribute the public key uh, so that you can verify integrity of something that's been signed with the private key. So the idea is that, uh, so for example, if you've ever added a like package repository, as you said, like the best way to, you would have seen it if you don't use PGP on your emails and things like that, um, is, is straight up, you know, you add the key server, you retrieve the key from, you know, um, like keys.ubuntu or whatever it is.com. And it adds it then to, you know, the keychain that apt uses and then apt verifies that the package came from the repository and is signed by the developer. So that's the the kind of like mechanisms that we're talking about um and yeah it's just straight up the people are trying to um you know invalidate the keys of specific people and i guess the end goal is to impersonate them um but one thing that it actually does is if you download a, a, a corrupted key uh from a key so like you retrieve a key and try to put it into your local keychain it breaks like very like in a in a very hard to recover or detect way um, and then, you know, your local installation or your, your local, whatever you're using it for is now broken, um, and needs to be redone. So all the keys that you've previously retrieved, you're going to have to put in the bin and do it again. Yep. So, and considering how PGP is already like, so if you look at Keybase, for example, they tried to simplify the process and still not a lot of people use Keybase the way that Keybase intended originally. Mm -hmm. Um, because PGP is like it's it's a hard mechanism for to for like the average user to like say add to their emails or add to um, you know any any sort of other uh, I guess GitHub has implemented it as well. So like do, people don't really use it because it's a very clunky thing to do to like distribute you know your public key and then someone else has to manually get it. They have to know about it. And, you know. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that really needs a redesign, I guess. It definitely does. But so here's the thing: is that the person who is who is right does it, did this write up um, had said that nobody who is involved in the key server community feels comfortable making any major changes to the code base because it's old and it's clunked together from decades of, of work, and it's um, yeah, and it's, it's it's also written in OCaml. Uh, so it's definitely something that it's it'd be hard for people to actually implement and implement a new, new modern security paradigms without redoing the entire code base probably in a more modern you know dialect of it that can be worked on by people um and so yeah this thing can threaten a lot though um in terms of you know just integrity in general but at, you know at, at worst this is um an impersonation that could actually poison you know do some some downstream um, supply chain attacks on, on popular repositories but it can also at, at best just be a dos because if anybody here has ever used arch by the way um and has had any issues with their key ring um that's one of the most frustrating things when you're just trying to update something and you have like a lot of updates and then suddenly it says oh the key ring one key has just been invalidated and then you have to just go through the whole process again and um you know fix the key ring um that happens in a bunch of different distributions too arch is just one that i know um a lot of people use by the way um, yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. The, the biggest thing with the this uh sks network um is that with uh so the, the difference between that and like the package repository stuff is mm -hmm. that with um say I don't know, with a, with a larger vendor, they're going to add their own keys and you're going to retrieve it from them. You can't push keys. Yeah. Uh, whereas like with Launchpad, for example, if you were to do it, like if you were, you can add keys to, uh, to to Launchpad to publish it, like your repository. And I think mm -hmm. that I'm pretty sure that just uses like the Ubuntu key server. So yeah. it's interesting um, where it can go, where it can, what can happen. But yeah, definitely anybody working on the now on like these systems like has probably been working on them for a while i don't i wouldn't believe they get a lot of new blood into the uh into the space 
Mm -hmm. So if you are somebody super into into cryptography, um, I would definitely look into this sort of thing and make any suggestions or come up with your own implementations that you can work with other people to do and not just roll your own entirely. Um, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, so, uh, sorry, someone asked uh, what about Keybase? And like I mentioned before, Keybase will allow you to use, uh, I, I believe you can push your signing keys to Keybase. So if you, uh, sorry, push your private keys to, uh, private keys, push your public keys to uh, Keybase. Um, so if you can push keys, then you're likely, uh, it's likely um, able to be attacked, like it's vulnerable. Yeah. The, the whole idea is that once you retrieve those keys um, and you put them into your keychain, that then that keychain is destroyed. Oh, that that mechanism is destroyed anyway. I don't know if the keychain is recoverable. I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a lot of it's just like once it, something breaks, it just breaks and you have to just rebuild. Yeah. But, um, all right. Uh, so from one weird thing to another, um, this is next story here is a write up about Trump um, reversing course on Huawei. We've talked about this before, it's been all over the news. Um, Trump basically said that he didn't want to do anything, any business with Huawei. Um, Google banned them from the Play Store. Um, a bunch of drama happened. Basically, it, it pretty much crippled their their smartphone business. And now suddenly Trump's like, eh, I guess we can just do stuff with Huawei now. And it just, yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like just baffled by what's even happening behind the scenes for this to even happen. Um, but it's pretty stunning though to see where one decision like this can really fuck up an entire company's ability to do any business and then to just say oh no it's fine like where's like there's like no trust involved then like there's no like hard stance on anything which then makes what i would say if i was somebody who owned a large corporation like this i'd be pretty scared to do anything with donald trump involved where he could just say, oh, uh, I don't want to do business with you anymore and just like screw you up forever. Because like, imagine the the manpower that has to go into removing Huawei and all of Huawei's assets from the Play Store, you know? And yeah. actual man, like, like there's like, there's like service level agreements all over the place with these people. Like there's there's like not, it's not an easy task to just say, oh, you can't just, you just can't do business anymore. Like it's wild to me. But yeah. uh, I, I, he didn't lift the ban on uh, importing, uh, sorry, on using Huawei in the network. It's just US companies uh, exporting to Huawei, right? So like Google and, and whatever. Like yeah. All the, all, it's it's everyone that he put, you know, so the things that were uh, he put in place to prevent, you know, the Play Store being shipped from Huawei products. And, mm -hmm. uh, but the actual... So that's that's like the the consumer side of the Huawei business, right? Like not not the network side. Yeah. So it, it's yeah, it's a lot of it's it's really murky, and definitely gonna have to watch this to see where this goes because this is it just it's not good for any business at all to just kind of flip flop like that. So you, you can do business, you can't do business, especially with tech stuff where it's like I mean people have Huawei phones, people have components of huawei in devices they own and like if you suddenly can't get support for it or if you suddenly can't communicate with the networks or there's you know whatever that just cripples the communication ability of most people you know um and it destroys economies it destroys businesses that people rely on not just rely on because they like their products but rely on because their their networks go through it and like their their actual phone like imagine if your phone just wasn't supported anymore you have to just buy a new phone, like your main phone. That would suck. Like if your laptop, same thing. Like, yeah, not not your DefCon burner phone. No, no, that one. Goes straight. <laughs> straight Which one? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> my my uh, Nintendo burner switch. Um, yeah. Oh, your burner switch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my burner switch. Um, I had that once where I bought like a prepaid rinky-dink Android phone, and I'm like, oh, cool. I'll you know, it's it's running an old version of Android, but surely there'll be updates. Nope. Like, no. <laughs> this was like 2013. So it was running gingerbread. So I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I think, uh, 
this whole thing though um is really to just disrupt like trust in huawei anyway like like it, there's a lot of like the, the flip-flop maybe it could be part of a strategy who knows maybe trump's more and maybe trump's really smart i don't know about that but maybe uh this is part of a larger strategy to uh like lose faith or i don't know what it's i don't know what the goal is yeah, yeah, there was a there was an interesting project someone made a while back where they're doing a sentiment analysis on Trump's tweets and then relating those tweets like the companies mentioned to like ticker symbols and then doing automated trading based on the sentiment analysis in the tweet. Damn. Yeah, That's it's fun. like a, it's a wild wild thing to think about like that could happen. But yeah. I mean, as we see exactly what's going on like flip-flopping and all that stuff. Well, I guess with, uh, I guess when you've got the influence of the U.S. president, regardless of who you are, um, whatever you say and how you say it is going to have an impact on, like, an amount of people, whatever percentage that is. Who knows exactly? Well, I'm sure people know, but I don't. I don't know exactly. But you're going to have like some people who are influenced in uh, the way that you want them to be, no matter what. Yeah. Right. Like there'll be people who see straight through, people who ignore it, people who do this, people who do that, but they'll just be like this core group that will always be influenced one way or the other, exactly how they're being like, you know, told to be influenced. Yeah, or like told to yeah. told to act, told to think, that, that kind of shit. It just sucks in the technology space where there's just infrastructure that is involved in all this stuff. You know, there's things that we need to route through, there's there's chips that need supporting and devices that need support and it's just yeah it's just it's a huge mess and i hope that i don't know somebody makes sense of it soon because it's getting, getting pretty ridiculous now yeah i i dropped a link in the chat it's uh, the project is called trump to cash it's amazing <laughs> the, the the image if anyone hasn't clicked click on that link right now and uh check that image in the it's hilarious it. 10 out of 10. yeah sick um, yeah, so let's get into this before we go real crazy down this rabbit hole of um, Trump stuff. Um, security flaws in popular uh, smart home hubs let people unlock front doors. So this one, this reminds me of MG. Um, just MG, wherever, wherever he is right now. Um, this is so, basically there is some, some smart home um, locks that had hard-coded SSH keys in them for root grids on all of them. And so we were able to put together some, uh, some bugs in this to just unlock um, any door with it. And so apparently it's being mitigated. Um, and But there's there's uh, 100 and, what is it, 112,000 devices in 20,000 households. Um, but the number could be a lot more than that. Um, it's just pretty crazy to think when you have something like a smart lock and you have something that's like on, on your network, it's, you know, who knows what the configuration is, how it was built or what back of doors are built into it. Um, like I want to see, uh, I want to see a battery powered SOC that is like called a bump key and you just like call it a bump key, walk up and you, you bump the lock. Mm hmm. Just does like Bluetooth, just you know, or like whatever it is that they're using, just like walk up, mm, bang it against the door, activates. I call those sledgehammers. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, it's, uh, or an interesting market marketing idea. Market it to like, uh, crap. What's the one where it's like a bump? Like, uh, ah, crap. I forgot. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It's like uh, marketed to drug to like drug users. It's like, hey, want a bump? God, a key bump? You mean? <laughs> no, no. I yeah. <laughs> never mind. Look. Off the rails. <laughs> Off yeah. the rails. Um, um. So yeah, though this is wild though because I mean, imagine also having to do the firmware update on all these and telling people that they need to update the firmware because somebody can just unlock their door. Um, it's pretty wild. I don't, I literally cannot trust smart locks. There's just no way that I can put any faith in a lock that is connected to the internet in any way. There's, I mean, I bought one. <laughs> Strictly oh. for hacking purposes? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, so I ordered, uh, really early on, uh, when they started coming out with Kickstarters, 
I ordered one that never showed up and uh, I got a refund. But I read just like their outline and it's like, just by being in proximity, like this is obviously a while ago, but they're like, by being in proximity with your phone, it will like unlock over Bluetooth. And it was basically <laughs> just like looking for Mac. Like from what I could tell, uh, I read from that, that it was just like looking for your Bluetooth Mac being in range. Um, Cause it was like, you can use a smartwatch. You can, it was like, you could use like a range of Bluetooth things. And it's like, okay, so you can't install the same software and all of those things. That sounds implausible. But, it, you know, you could detect if a device is in proximity just on the Mac and you can spook that, right? So, yeah, you could brute force that. You could brute force those messages. Oh, yeah, yeah, or you could just like, you know, Uber tooth somebody walking out of their house and then as soon as they leave, you walk in. Yep. Like, <laughs> I mean, just get Mac addresses for Samsung and um, iPhones and... Yeah, and you like high five them on the way past. You're like, ha. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, have a great day. They'd be like, thanks. And then as they walk out of sight, you walk into their house. And you rob them. <laughs> no, you don't rob them. We're, we're just uh, red teaming. Yes, this is all for educational purposes. Um, I mean, think yeah. of, like, how many smart locks are on the market from like the padlock kind to door locks? And then how many have you heard of that are good? Not many, if any. Not I would many. say none. Yeah, pretty much every major one that we've seen that comes out has something wrong with it. And then the ones that are not really known about are usually ones that are, just haven't had problems found in them yet, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, somebody actually put a, um, they were like, uh, how can I reset um, the pin on my smart lock, right? And they obviously had the lock detached from the door and it had they'd taken a, the case off and the photo of the PCB. And there's like a pick in there and there was a couple of other like interesting like eight-legged ICs that I couldn't read the part numbers on. But it didn't look all that complex, you know, it didn't look like there was some magic thing. It just looked like a regular board. Like, so. Yeah. This reminds me of the thing where they're talking about uh, a story we talked about a while back where Amazon wants to put, the, you know, all their shit uh, in your apartment complex and like sell wholesale like a these apartment complexes and it's like wow like think of having like 10 like of these shitty locks and, like shitty like smart devices each with their own terrible vulnerabilities just like shoved into your house let's say you do do that okay and you have a company that's paid to manage these for you right so like because say if you build a building you're not going to have every tenant and tell them hey you've got to update your locks because like almost all of them are going to forget, not do it, not care. Um, so you, you go, okay, well, we need to outsource infrastructure services to do it. But now you've given root on everyone's lock, <laughs> on everyone's front door to like a bunch of strangers. Like you still yep. don't have a good solution, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that honestly, it'll continue to be messy. And as much as people would like the convenience of being able to just walk up to their front door and unlocks, the implications of it are just too dire to, I think, at this at any point in time, to be a good idea. At this I mean, point, think... it's not a lock; it's a CTF. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get we'll get to that later in the to in the chat. I think uh... everything's a CTF if you play it right. <laughs> it would be cool to see a lot of the stuff that's implemented in like EMV, um, like the payment card stuff, uh, to like payment instruments to like you know go up to your phone and you, you tap your phone and it does something that is secured but it's unlikely yeah, yeah. no i mean it, like it, there's so many different like things that have come out about that there's so many sdks is really what it, what it comes down to that people rely on for that that you can download and play with on your phone um for nfc and also the other contactless control stuff bluetooth and yeah, it's only a matter of time until every single one of these gets popped and will continue to get popped. And yeah, pretty much it. <laughs> um, Forever and ever. The next story here, um, pretty dark. I think this this came out last week or the week or this week. I forget now. I want to talk about it. No, it came out the day after our last show. So yeah, this is um, this app, Deep Nude. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, so... <laughs> Um, basically, this app is fifty dollars, um, and it just basically just photoshopped boobs onto like pictures of people, regardless of their gender, um, <laughs> which is really stupid. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that just, it, that right there is enough to just inform you on the entire thing. Um, so basically people just rail against it because it's, it's awful. It's the implications of this are also terrible um, of what people would do with it, um, especially for, uh, there's just so many horrible things that can be done with this, uh, with this sort of um, thing for whether yeah, it's thick or for blackmail or for whatever, um, it's still something that, yeah, people are just trying to do. But it's also, uh, so the difference between this and deep fakes was deep fakes puts the face on a body, whereas this puts uh, a matching body on a face to make it more realistic in that manner. Um, but it, it's, I guess like the guy said that he was creating it after like, you know, the whole x-ray goggles type thing from the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Um, like, oh, you know, imagine if you could see through someone's clothes or whatever. Uh, but still, like it's uh, like the deep fakes. I'll, I can probably guess that this one will be considered as a, a non-consensual nude. Once you, um, yep. once it gets to that stage, somebody will be like, "Well, that's non-consensual. That is, get it off the internet." Yep. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, people use this kind of stuff as blackmail all the time. Um, it's it's just fucked. And I'm glad that they they interviewed um, shout us to a uh, badass Bowden over here um in this article, um, because this kind of stuff is like it's used literally to extort people, and it's just it's literally only targets women, and it's just fucked. I don't know. It's there's nothing else yeah. I can. Say about that besides this reminds me too of this sort of level of thing where someone's just like oh i'm doing it for something you know legitimate or whatever it's just there's no i don't think there's any defense for this kind of thing to be honest um i mean curiosity of being like can i manipulate an image in this way to make it look realistic is one thing but like straight up being like i want to see them naked that's yeah and sell it 50 dollars at what point did this seem like a good idea I mean, some people just really are just they beyond saving in this regard. Um, just like the guy who what was the remember the person who had made the giant database full of every every adult um, actress and cross referenced it with every social media picture of every woman in the world. So they, oh, uh, yeah. girlfriend had uh, you know been in a in a porn at some point. And just like that kind of stuff where people kind of do these things without thinking about any of the implications of it. It's, it's not know. like you're just not thinking. Think of how long that took. Think about how long you have to not think. Yeah, right. You have to go through the whole process of implementing a very complicated algorithm. You were not thinking for weeks. Yeah, that's that's next level right there. It's like that Facebook group. It's like, imagine thinking, I have an idea. And it comes out to be this. Yeah, I think if you do have an idea that you're like, this will be great, you should ask some friends uh, who have their heads screwed on correctly and see what they think of it and 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 get an honest answer. If somebody tells you that that's a bad idea, then you'd be like, oh, okay, maybe that's Alternatively, if you must do something that's a bad idea and you know it's a bad idea such that you don't want to tell your friends about it, never show it to anyone. That's, so, that, that's literally it. If you're going to make something like this and it's for your own enjoyment, you know what? whatever but if you're going to sell it and market it and put it out there for everybody to just get that's yeah. bad that's i'd bad. say like step one where you went wrong is you started it and then like step 50 is you tried to sell it yeah yeah money also, doesn't make it better dash in the chat you're saying yeah definitely wasn't that database was definitely not for researching girlfriends it was for doxing partners um and targeting sex workers and these kind of things are just what sucks is that the people are literally just abusing this, you know, new technologies like this in various ways to just hurt hurt people more. And it's just something that people definitely need to call out when it happens because we know what the actual repercussions of a lot of this stuff is. And a lot of people just, it seems like they don't. And it's it sucks and it's weird to think that somebody wouldn't think that. But definitely call this shit out when you see it. Um, we've called it out before. People have tried to ask us for help with weird ass projects, and it turns out to be something sketchy like this. And it's just like, nope, I'm not helping you. You know, docs like cam girls. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I had someone I come into my DMs one time. They were like, Hey, do you know how to crack Gmails and and or Snaps? I'm like, Dude, 
I am not going to commit a felony for you. The CFAA ain't no joke. I am right. genuinely envious that you've only ever gotten one of those. <laughs> well, I just got into security last year, so... Like, Fair enough. Well, oh, prepare for plenty more. Speaking of that, though, too, I will put out a warning to people. I meant to say this at the beginning in the announcements. I've actually, I started noticing this the last night. Um, I was looking around a bunch of people who do bug bounties. Um, so, oh yeah, uh, there are people, there are there are accounts that try to snipe DMs from people when they say, "Hey, does anybody have a security contact at X Corporation?" And there, there's people. There's a couple people that I found that are just out there, like, "Hey, DM me," "Hey, DM," like when somebody's like, "Hey, I'm looking for a." You know, does anybody have a, you know, Department of Defense contact I can get in touch with? Like, and there's just some random profile that they botted and tried to make look like a real profile. And it's just the, some ghost shit. They're just trying to snipe all these um, critical infrastructure problems. So please keep a lookout on if you are looking for a security contact, validate it. If you have any problems with contacting a vendor or an organization, at the very least, feel free always to tag bug crowd or email disclosure at bugcrowd.com because we can help you get to the right people if you need to or point you in the right direction but just don't randomly send bugs to random ass people on twitter um, we will verify pgp keys for you yeah you have to swap pgp keys <laughs> 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 no but seriously and though I, over I, K-Bank. I got, K-Base. I got, the more that I, I i looked it up I, I was looking up like dm and and um hacker one and trying to just find different correlations between those those different things. Um, I can definitely look a bit more, but I saw a couple of accounts that were trying to snipe people um, who were trying to report stuff or who had just reported um, bugs on, on HackerOne or BugCrowd. So yeah, just a PSA for all you people who are doing research out there. Keep doing it, but please do not just give it to random people because probably some weird, sketchy, either zero-day broker or nation-state. So don't do it. Yeah. Well, the other thing as well is that you won't get paid. You won't get the money that you just worked hard to get. That's true. And even if it's a company that doesn't have a bounty and you are, you know, frustrated that you can't find anybody, still try to validate it as much as you can because there are people that can help you. There's a lot of really awesome people that can help. I'm no expert, but generally the DOD doesn't have anime profile pictures, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you never know. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I just realized there was another one uh, back in November, but I think it was more. It was like some some dude that claimed he worked for Apple, but it was it was most likely some iCloud unlocker, you know, skid, because I had been posting. Uh, I I had recently been posting a lot of like, um, what is it, iCloud unlocking fish pages. I'm like, hey, Apple, you may need to you may want to take a look at this. Um, and he's like, hey, DM me, bro. It's like, get out of here. Yeah. No, it, it, it's definitely a thing. And people have to watch watch their back and also watch each other's back. If you see someone doing this, um, do it. <laughs> Dash. <laughs> Tweet it out. Anybody have a DOD contact? Um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, let's go to the next story. We're going to start running out of time in the news section here. So the next one is um, black market uh, T-Mobile data was tied to a triple murder. Um, so some people had uh, basically this, this story just goes into bounty hunters um, and people who um, try to track each other um, using sort of black hat means. And um, yeah, so we've discussed this before where different people have been pleading with different vendors um, of phones to lock down the ability for people to you know, ping phones and, and request um, data form. And so the, um, what's it called? People have been, had been rallying against this stuff, but they had been, people had used the, the same techniques that people have been pleading for people to not allow um, to actually track down and kill people, um, which was only a matter of time. I mean, there, there's probably way more cases of this that haven't actually been disclosed. Um, but yeah, this is a real thing. Um, so I guess like so basically the TLDR on the the bounty hunter bit is that from what I can understand is that the bounty hunters used the black market data Um, and if you're a bounty hunter I guess like these guys 
literally the guys in in as part of the shootout like they said they were federal agents which is obviously illegal they came in with guns drawn um and a whole bunch of other stuff so like these are the people who <laughs> who are who are using these like black market uh t-mobile data pings right so these aren't just because they're like you know these bounty hunters like they're not they don't seem like very good people to begin with if they're going in on you know yeah with yeah. people with guns drawn like that doesn't seem like a great idea to me i don't know about you guys also uh use dollar vpn club not to get your phone data involved in a triple homicide <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so it's just the there are like legitimate ways to access location data that law enforcement can use um and and other uh like there are like legit apis that are applied for by people who need them for whatever reason um and i guess if you don't have that and you think maybe i'll just use the black market one then maybe you're doing the wrong thing maybe. what could possibly go wrong <laughs> it was a glass building triple homicide <laughs> yeah maybe just don't sell uh if you're a company you know just don't sell people's locations yeah that's a good start <laughs> yeah no definitely just people have to lock that shit down um this next <laughs> this next story is pretty interesting too um this is about some espionage groups that had hijacked some uh other APT groups um, infrastructure to target their people. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. I guess it's kind of more of a good read, but uh, I think it's pretty cool. I guess <laughs> people are just hijacking each other's stuff. They obviously probably suck. Hmm. It sort of sounds almost like uh, people taking over other people's botnets kind of deal to like, you know, go after the original bot hurdle. But now yeah. nation state level, like if there's yeah, things that you like, might have seen on Fnet like uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, then it's but the C2 that you're controlling just happens to have like Mimi cats and other rats running on like Ministry of Foreign Affairs and embassies uh, computers. So, yes. uh, it reminds me of like the Scooby-Doo thing, right? Where it's like, they're just like chasing each other through the doors and then all of a sudden like Scooby-Doo and, and the gang is like chasing the bad guy and then the like, bad guy's chasing them. And... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's hard because I mean like when there's, attribution stuff is obviously hard, but people have been tracking these specific groups for a bit. So they kind of know what their, their you know, operations look like and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's interesting to see how this kind of stuff plays out. This is literal war. This is work right now. Um, sorry, I keep muting because I, I opened the window and there's cars going by me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is also a really good write-up. I, I like this, um, the way that they had done this, just kind of really clearly spelling out um, exactly what the uh, TPPs are for these people and what to look out for. Yeah, this is definitely one of the one of the uh, more interesting reads from uh, from the internet this week. Semantic actually got someone to make some lovely infographics. Yeah, no, they're nice. <laughs> um, value. Speaking of uh, of nation state stuff, this next one here is a uh, pretty dire warning, but also very big. So this is um, a report saying that the uh, the Pentagon should just assume. The, their satellites are already hacked. Um, it, so he said that he's going to assume that at this point. We didn't even do anything yet. I wouldn't oh, yeah. even like limit this to satellites. Just assume everything is hacked. Like, isn't that yeah? Yeah, absolutely. But I wonder what the the calling for this actually was. Like, people were. I mean, they've been talking a lot about like the space force and things like that. But it's it's. I don't know what would have triggered this specific, you know, uh, information we put out there. They discovered space mimic cats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, um, I've heard that hacking satellites isn't that hard. Um, so I assume that, I mean, I don't think they're on Shodan, but um, <laughs> you never know, though. I would start doing some safaris uh, right now. 
uh, actually, just before we, there was a link that I guess didn't uh, hit the show notes. Just on this nation state stuff, just reminded me there was an update to uh, to the whole uh, Iran proxies targeting uh, the U.S. companies. Kind of uh, that story, and uh, U.S. won. The, the U.S. the U.S. wins. That's that's I guess the outcome. TLDR, TLDR the media coverage says the United States won, and. Uh, Back to back champs. <laughs> they disrupted the uh, they disrupted those disruption attacks. It's all over, everyone. Clap your hands. We'll see what happens next week. Yay, America! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the. It's always good to get these these uh, the media's view on uh, what's actually going on with cyber war. It's kind of kind of funny. Yes. Um, I kind of want to skip over the next story because it's just a breach. I mean, it sucks. You have two, two billion records <laughs> on smartphone stuff. That's quite a lot. Um, but then the story that after that one is interesting to me. Um, so this is prison time for the former ex-executive. Shares 10 days before to the uh, data breach. So they had sold almost a million dollars in company shares um, right before Equifax went public with the, the breach that happened um, recently. And they now have to, well, I mean, it's four months in prison and $170,000 in fines and restitution. That's a slap on the wrist. It's definitely a yeah. slap on the wrist, but it's better than nothing. I mean, I would definitely like to see the They still have $0.9 million. Yeah, that's not even, that's not even going to the... Like that's barely hitting the surface of what they actually sold and made. That's um, like wagging their finger, like you, you know the uh, the Colbert, you know, wag of the finger, like. Yeah. No, it definitely. Is. Do crime. Do uh, do white collar crime. That's that's the moral of the story here. I think that's definitely the takeaway here. Um, yeah. yeah think... This person basically knew about everybody in America being fucked, and just was like, ah, whatever, a million dollars. So let's just like take it back to uh, if you know is the juice worth the squeeze? And in this case, I'm I think that juice is pretty tasty. Yeah, being fined one hundred seventy thousand dollars for making a million. Some point nine million dollar juice. Yeah, yeah, it's the tastiest juice I ever heard of. Well, actually, no, that Latvian guy who in that who invoiced. Uh, who invoice Facebook and Google for their service. Oh, I heard about that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he got away with like a hundred and like a hundred and something million and then he got like I had to pay back like fifty million or something. It was pretty good. Oh, so somebody just dropped this in the uh, chat. Thanks. Shout out to uh, that Lord Parody who just dropped this. Um so this person said that they they got a ban uh, for instructional hacking and phishing videos. Um yeah, there's a whole thread about it. I want to throw this in the show notes too. Thanks, uh, Lord Parody, for sharing this. Um, because this is exactly yeah. what happened. We got banned for this thing. Um, you know that. Anybody know how Live Overflow is doing? Um, I don't know. We should talk to him again because, yeah, he does some pretty in-depth stuff. I mean, I think stuff that they want to target, though, is the stuff that, like, if you Google right now, or if you go on YouTube and just search Hooter or Botnet or Phishing or Rats, in um the past week you will see a ton of stuff you will see discord links you will see uh, crazy shit and it's just people teaching you here's how to install you know here's how to install mirai and they just kind of go through the steps and teach you how to do it or uh, here's how to uh set up this uh you know cred stuffer how to use like century mba or any of those stupid tools um then step by step teaching and people try to sell those to try to sell the tutorials that are <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, it's definitely, that's the kind of stuff we definitely want to curb, but I see that stuff way more than I see anything actually interesting. So it's annoying. So I guess I should say, yeah, God damn it. I guess I should take that video down of me deconstructing a fishing kit. I mean, it granted it's potato quality video, but yeah. I mean, Twitch has been definitely really nice to us and shout out to Twitch for keeping yeah. us on the air. Um, the only thing they really care about is copyright for songs. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's pretty nice. We're not having any gore or any stupid stuff. But yeah, it's definitely hacking education stuff 
is definitely going to be harder. I think a lot of people are not going to want to have the liability for it. YouTube's a huge platform though, so I can see why they would do this. Um, it's fully totally up to them, but it just it sucks when you know there's people that are trying to actually do good stuff and teach people the right things, and they just get caught up with the uh, caught up in the you know my ass with everybody else who yeah. trying to teach people how to install Qbot source code in 2015. Yeah, don't worry funny. if this commit. Like, was that screenshot? Like, don't worry if these commands fail, and then like it, it didn't actually compile, and then. Uh, <laughs> And the guy's like, this is the out. only bit that matters. Like, press enter to continue. I was like, uh, using the binaries from before, bro, but okay. <laughs> no. Don't tell them. Um, yeah, that kind of about ends uh, the new segment here. So we should take a little bit of a break. Um, probably about um, five to ten minutes. And we'll be back to talk about CTFs and... Everything that goes with them, all the frustration and pain and, and cool stuff as well. And uh, friendship and camaraderie and yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we will um, we'll be back in a second. Uh, put on some music. Uh, everybody stick around. Everybody also stretch and drink some water uh, for us. And we will um, be back in a moment and you can just share all your weird stories with us. But yeah, we'll see. You Stay hydrated. Now. Say hi, I'm a dragon. I remember tomorrow night, same time, same place.